Lord be with you. And also with you. Lift up your hearts. We lift them up to the Lord. Friends, near and far, we welcome you to this Sunday service of ordered worship in the nave of Marsh Chapel, Boston University. The liturgy, homily, and music are offered in the praise of God for our gathered congregation here at 735 Commonwealth Avenue for our New England radio audience through WBUR 90.9 FM and for our internet listenership around the globe live at WBUR.org. We encourage your written or emailed responses, your prayerful and material support, your self-identification with your own form of ministry in our midst, and as the Spirit moves, your presence with us for worship. While we have breath, we shall remember and affirm the great goodness in the hymn of Charles Wesley, unite the pair so long disjoined, knowledge and vital piety, learning and holiness combined, and truth and love let all men see. In those who up to thee we give, thine holy thine to die and live. This is the day the Lord has made. We shall rejoice and be glad in it. And as we are able, may we stand in the praise of God.
Let us pray. O God, from whom all good proceeds, grant that by your inspiration we may think those things that are right, and by your merciful guiding may do them. Through Jesus Christ our Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, forever and ever. Amen. Please be seated. A lesson from the first book of Kings, chapter 17, verses 8 through 24. Then the word of the Lord came to him, saying, Go now to Zarephath, which belongs to Sidon, and live there, for I have commanded a widow there to feed you. So he set out and went to Zarephath. When he came to the gate of the town, a widow was there gathering sticks. He called to her and said, Bring me a little water in a vessel, so that I may drink. As she was going to bring it, he called to her and said, Bring me a morsel of bread in your hand. But she said, As the Lord your God lives, I have nothing baked, only a handful of meal in a jar and a little oil in a jug. I am now gathering a couple of sticks so that I may go home and prepare it for myself and my son, that we may eat it and die. Elijah said to her, Do not be afraid. Go and do as you have said, but first make me a little cake of it and bring it to me, and afterwards make something for yourself and your son. For thus says the Lord, the God of Israel, The jar of meal will not be emptied, and the jug of oil will not fail, until the day that the Lord sends rain upon the earth. She went and did as Elijah said, so that she, as well as he, and her household ate for many days. The jar of meal was not emptied, neither did the jug of oil fail, according to the word of the Lord that he spoke by Elijah. After this, the son of the woman, the mistress of the house, became ill. His illness was so severe that there was no breath left in him. She then said to Elijah, What have you against me, O man of God? You have come to bring me, you have come to me to bring my sin to remembrance and to cause the death of my son. But he said to her, Give me your son. He took him from her bosom carried him up into the upper chamber where he was lodging, and laid him on his own bed. He cried out to the Lord, O Lord, my God, have you brought calamity even upon the widow with whom I am staying by killing her son? Then he stretched himself upon the child three times and cried out to the Lord, O Lord, my God, let this child's life come into him again. The Lord listened to the voice of Elijah. The life of the child came into him again, and he revived. Elijah took the child, 
brought him down from the upper chamber into the house and gave him to his mother. Then Elijah said, See, your son is alive. So the woman said to Elijah, Now I know that you are a man of God, and that the word of the Lord in your mouth is truth. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Let us pray responsively Psalm 146 with the Antiphon.
soul. I will praise the Lord as long as I live. I will sing praises to my God all my life long. Do not put your trust in princes, in mortals, in whom there is no help. When their breath departs, they return to the earth. On that very day, their plans perish. Happy are those whose help is the God of Jacob, whose hope is in the Lord, their God, who made heaven and earth, the sea and all that is in them, who keeps faith forever, who executes justice for the oppressed, who gives food to the hungry. The Lord sets the prisoners free. The Lord opens the eyes of the blind. The Lord lifts up those who are bowed down. The Lord loves the righteous. The Lord watches over the strangers. He upholds the orphan and the widow, but the way of the wicked he brings to ruin. The Lord will reign forever, your God, O Zion, for all generations. Praise the Lord. Now, beloved, rise up, in body as you are able, but certainly in heart, for the singing of the Gloria Deo and the reading of our Gospel. According to St. Luke, chapter 7, verses 11 through 17. Glory to you, Lord. Soon afterwards, he went to a town called Nain, and his disciples and a large crowd went with him. As he approached the gate of the town, a man who had died was being carried out. He was his mother's only son, and she was a widow. And with her was a large crowd from the town. When the Lord saw her, he had compassion for her and said to her, Do not weep. Then he came forward and touched the bier, and the bearers stood still. And he said, Young man, I say to you, rise. The dead man sat up and began to speak. And Jesus gave him to his mother. Fear seized all of them, and they glorified God, saying, A great prophet has risen among us, and God has looked favorably on his people. 
This word about him spread throughout Judea and all the surrounding country. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Christ. Please be seated. One wishes that the outset of our gospel were not so utterly contemporary. There are Sundays when it might be a comfort to listen to a lesson that seems utterly innocuous, something about the Jebusites or the seventh heaven or camels and loincloths. But here we have an utterly familiar scene, familiar anyway to the remaining readers of remaining front pages of remaining newspapers. A city street, a crowd gathered, a mother who is a widow, the mother's only son, and he dead. In all the cities of our residence over 30 years, New York, Syracuse, Montreal, Rochester, Boston, This story has been, and still is, once the weather gets warmer, regular front-page news. One wonders how those to whom healing has not come receive a gospel lesson like today's gospel lesson. For healing of the sort provided here, sudden and miraculous, a raising from the very dead, is not routinely a part of our experience. In fact, you and I have not ever seen a man really dead suddenly and really sit up and speak. When healing comes, it comes not like this. And often, it does not come. One thinks of those women and men who have prayed and hoped for healing for their loved ones, and it did not come. A reading like ours might feel like salt in the wound, a needless rhetorical cruelty. One ponders even more pointedly how those whose religion celebrates healing, for whom, for us, salvus, health, is the heart of salvation, might receive this kind of story if in their own experience, the experience has been otherwise. Healing sought that does not come. One imagines a woman in Westfield whose son is permanently buried, or a man in Marlboro whose wife is permanently disabled, or a daughter in Worcester whose parents are gone and not coming back. And if these three and others had also grown up with a sacramentalism that was revealed as untrustworthy by that brute experience, And if these three and others had also grown up with a literalism that was revealed as untrustworthy by that brute experience, what then? What would these religious words repeated today sound like in those ears? What is the point of healing remembered when so often healing does not come? How are you going to hear gospel? assuming your experience, which is our shared experience, of loss, grief, sickness to death, dream deferred, and healing that does not always come. 
What is the point of such a story, such a memory, such a history? How shall we preach about a healing remembered in the midst of so much experience of healing rescinded? The pain, the bruising reminder of a healing that did not come can last a lifetime. And the increased pain in the pain, the wound salt of misguided religion, literal biblicism, magical sacramentalism, can take more than a generation to remove from a family system. So let us together give our gospel a moment to respond in a way that fits the reading's own intention. We are right to analyze and criticize and demythologize our holy scriptures. They can take it. But we also want to give space for the holy scriptures to analyze us and criticize us and demythologize us, to listen, in other words, for the word. In our lesson today, healing remembered becomes memory healed. Healing remembered is in the service of memory healed. The account is recalled as a way of remembering again who we are meant to be, who you really, truly are. Such good news. Our lesson from Luke is modeled after the longer reading made earlier from 1 Kings. There too a widow, there too a son, there too a healing, there too a proof of prophetic power, there too at the climax the phrase, he gave him to his mother. There too a word about word, a word of truth. In the Old Testament lesson as in the New Testament gospel, the healing is remembered as a part of the spreading of the word, a word of truth that sets things right again and that sets us on our right path again. Like Elijah, Jesus heals and the healing is remembered. Here we have a clue to the point of a healing remembered. For the community of faith, this one healing does not eclipse all of the others that did not come, that do not come, that have not come at least in the primarily desired mode. How could it? After all, even for all of the wonderfully typical compassion of the Lucan Jesus here in Luke 7, who saw, had compassion, touched, spoke, and made right. All of this happens, let the reader understand, at sunset, at twilight, under the shadow of the coming cross. The healer is soon to be the crucified, for whom no pain, no hurt, and no failure, and no loss are kept. On his way to the cross here, Jesus has compassion, and on his way to powerless failure upon the cross, Jesus shows here a healing power. His resurrection power is remembered even in the shadow of the cross. 
Here there is something unexpected which unexpectedly occurs. Life can be like that, and that is good. Here there is something which stitches together family sundered, stitches together life ended. Here there is a mission, a desire, a thrust into the future. And we come to church, come Sunday, to listen for the word, to receive the sacrament, for just such a moment of memory, right remembrance reclaimed. This one healing, a great joy and a wondrous gift, however it may have happened, is meant to teach us, to remind us that we are a part of the healing work in the world. Together we are a part of the healing work in the world. We have something to learn from this, something to remember. The recollection is offered for all, healed and hurt, well and ill, recovered and removed. In some ways it is meant especially for those whose first dreams have been deferred and for those whose initial hopes have been disappointed. Today, that may be you. In healing rightly remembered, our memory is rightly healed, and we have the chance again to be who we are meant to be, healers. Healers who remember that sometimes surprising, unexpected, good things do happen. Healers who are not willing to give up on hope for what is not yet seen. Healers who relish the chance to heal and to be healed. Healers who recall the long parade of healing with Jesus in the midst, the great physician. Healers who see in moments of health signs of God's loving presence in the world, ready and willing to heal and make new. One wonders if there ever has been a time that more needed such a word, such a healing remembered, bringing memory healed. Police, neighborhoods battling city street crime need that memory. Diplomats battling the urge and surge to war need that memory. Engineers battling the deep cut into the earth, gushing oil into the future need that memory. Spouses of those with tough diagnoses need that memory. In remembering past healing, we learn something, something saving and something true about ourselves and about our life. On April 14th, Lee Woodruff spoke for an hour just down the street about a healing remembered. Those who heard her left in tears because our memory was healed. Lee is a journalist married to Bob Woodruff, who is a journalist too, a national television anchor man. Some years ago, Bob nearly died in Iraq, coming home in a deep coma with nearly fatal head trauma. Lee spoke at the Sargent School, our college for physical therapy. She told the future he healers there her story 
in order to remind them of who they are meant to become. She related her terror and fear as a young mother with a husband whose wounds seemed incurable. She described the day-by-day routine of visiting a comatose spouse one day, two days, 35 days with no response. She critically witnessed about those, mainly doctors, who spoke only of the worst possible outcomes. She said the nurses were truer, saying that no one knew, but that they had seen cases of healing. And by the way, let me tell you a story. She was reminding by remembering. Her healing remembered became memory healed. So she taught. Illness affects a whole family, not just a patient. When you speak before people in a coma, don't assume they can't hear. Do not be afraid to offer hope. Keep a sense of humor. Give information slowly. Touch him. Touch him like he is a person. Rub his feet. Keep the whole family in view and tell it like it is. And have faith. She said, faith is not some icky, scary, non-PC thing. It's one of the tools in recovery. Recognize, sure, that things happen randomly. Recognize, sure, that there is not a set plan whereby all things happen. But believe that God's desire for healing is ever-present. Healing in every setting. Healing in every trauma. Healing in every illness. Through those 35 days, Lee read him letters, as he was in his coma, that came from all over the country. Day after day, no response. One letter came from Bruce Springsteen, and on a whim she added a few sentences of her own to what was written, saying fictionally that Bob was invited, when better, to go on stage and play with the E Street Band. No response. Then, on the 36th morning of his coma, following her usual swim and Starbucks stop, Lee Woodruff walked in to find her husband sitting up and saying, Hi, Lee. Where have you been? And for months later, they worked the long process of healing and battled aphasia together. One day, she told us, he gestured with his arms, regularly not remembering the words he needed. He was searching for the word for guitar and making guitar motions. Why do you want a guitar, she asked. He said, to get ready to play with Bruce Springsteen and the E Street Band. And today, he has almost recovered fully. But the burden of her sermon, and it was such, a powerful sermon, which might have had as its text today's reading, Luke 7, 11, was to remind us that we all and we each have some role in healing. You are meant to be healers. You were baptized into the community of healing. You have grown up to faith in a tradition of healing. You are those who are hopeful for healing in the little and in the large. 
and you gather regularly around a simple table to share the bread and the cup, to taste the new wine of memory healed, which is today announced in the account of a healing remembered. Amen.
Beloved, we welcome you to this service of worship for those present and for those listening from afar. We welcome your support of the chapel as we come now in a moment to receive our offering here. And even so, as we do so, we invite those listening on the radio or on the internet to make use of our giving from afar, which you may do on our website. We draw your attention to the notices in our bulletin, both the printed bulletin here and the website version. To these we add the following. Today there is a luncheon following service, as is the case every first Sunday of the month, and we warmly invite you to join us for lunch following service today. Likewise, in order to help us to greet you by name and so that you may greet one another in a personal fashion, we invite you to use the red pads that are on the aisles uh, and pass them along so that you can know each other's name. The Eucharist provided today is open to all who come in faith. And as we have said before, for those listening from afar, if you would like communion served brought to you in your home to the extent that we are able to do so, if you will let us know, we will come to you. The Marsh Chapel softball team under the able leadership of coach Liz Douglas continues its torrid race toward the pennant you may come to cheer the team on at Nickerson Field tomorrow evening at 5.30 p.m. Next Sunday, in the Lone Star State, we will be celebrating the service, the sacramental rite of holy matrimony for our Director of Hospitality, Elizabeth Fomby, and her fiance, Brian Paul, and I know you will hold them in prayer in these days. Lastly, we encourage your presence, your listenership, and especially your presence in these summer weeks and months when many of our faculty, staff, administrators, and students have flown the coop, your presence, voice, and support are greatly appreciated all year long, and especially in this summer series of Sundays. With these thoughts and concerns before us, let us continue to worship together by presenting our tithes and offering.
whate'er the gift may be. All that we have is thine alone, a trust, O God, from thee. So bless and multiply these gifts that we who give them and those who receive them may be strengthened in the joy of our faith and in our commitment to your work of healing in the world. In the name of Jesus Christ and in the power of the Holy Spirit, amen. Christ our Lord invites to his table all who love him, who earnestly repent of their sin and seek to live in peace with one another. Therefore, let us confess our sin before God and one another. Let us pray. Merciful God, we confess that we have not loved you with our whole heart. We have failed to be an obedient church. We have not done your will. We have broken your law. We have rebelled against your love. We have not loved our neighbors, and we have not heard the cry of the needy. Forgive us, we pray. Free us for joyful obedience. Through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Hear the good news. Christ died for us while we were yet sinners. That proves God's love toward us. In the name of Jesus Christ, you are forgiven. In the name of Jesus Christ, you are forgiven. Glory to God. Amen. The peace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you always. And also, let us pause to show signs of peace to one another. Lord be with you and also with you. Lift up your hearts. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is right and a good and joyful thing, always and everywhere, to give thanks to you, Almighty God, creator of heaven and earth. You formed us in your image and breathed into us the breath of life. When we turned away and our love failed, your love remained steadfast. You delivered us from captivity, made covenant to be our sovereign God, and spoke to us through your prophets. And so with your people on earth and all the company of heaven, we praise your name and join their unending hymn. Lord God of power and might, heaven and Blessed is your Son, Jesus Christ. Your Spirit anointed him to preach good news to the poor, to proclaim release to the captives and recovering of sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed, and to announce that the time had come when you would save your people. He healed the sick, fed the hungry, and ate with sinners. By the baptism of his suffering, death, and resurrection, you gave birth to your church, delivered us from slavery to sin and death, 
and made with us a new covenant by water and the Spirit. When the Lord Jesus ascended, he promised to be with us always in the power of your word and Holy Spirit. On the night in which he was betrayed, he took bread, gave thanks to you, broke the bread and gave it to his disciples and said, take, eat, this is my body which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And when the supper was ended, he took the cup, gave thanks to you, gave it to his disciples and said, drink from this, all of you, this is my blood of the new covenant, poured out for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. And so in remembrance of these your mighty acts in Jesus Christ, we offer ourselves in praise and thanksgiving as a holy and living sacrifice in union with Christ's offering for us as we proclaim the mystery of faith. Christ your Holy Spirit on us gathered here and on these gifts of bread and wine. Make them be for us the body and blood of Christ, that we may be for the world the body of Christ, redeemed by his blood. By your Spirit, make us one with Christ, one with each other, and one in ministry to all the world, until Christ comes in final victory and we feast at his heavenly banquet. Through your Son, Jesus Christ, with the Holy Spirit in your holy church, all honor and glory is yours. Almighty God, now and forever. Amen. And now, with the confidence of children of God, let us pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Lamb of God, you take away the sins of the world. Have mercy on us. Lamb of God, you take away the sins of the world. Have mercy upon us. Lamb of God, you take away the sins of the world. Grant us your peace.
May we pray. Eternal God, we give you thanks for this holy mystery in which you have given yourself to us. Grant that we may go into the world in the strength of your spirit to give ourselves for others. In the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Spirit be and abide with each one of us now and forever. <laughs> 